From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Emily Arnson. This is your news for Wednesday, August 16th. Water issues in the arid west are complex. The laws that govern our region's rivers and reservoirs are tough to wrap your mind around. But art can provide an entry point and create an emotional connection that helps people understand what's at stake. For Aspen Public Radio, Kaya Williams reports on one painter who's fostering a connection along the Colorado River. Trust your hand, see if you can make some marks. With his eyes squinted, hand out to the horizon, artist Patrick Keycut is showing about a dozen people with sketchbooks that make those little trees in the distance look just the right size on paper compared to the reservoir before us. We're surrounded by forest greens and rusty rocky reds in a high mountain valley near Aspen. And Keycut, who spends a lot of time deep in river canyons, is savoring the moment under his straw hat. I kind of come alive with more space. It kind of allows me to catch my breath and breathe and kind of soar a little bit. Keycut has been painting and drawing the landscapes of the West for decades. He traveled the region with his family as a kid, had a creative aha moment in college, and found inspiration in Thomas Moran, a 19th century artist whose paintings of Yellowstone motivated people to create America's first national park. Art definitely has an important role in engaging a wider public. I always have that in the back of my mind. What is it that's important and what am I doing as an artist to point to things that I feel deserve some attention. Keycut spent most of his career painting lonely highways and arid deserts, treating those wide empty spaces with the same reverence Moran gave to Yellowstone. Then a few years ago, he joined a team of researchers and other artists on a trip down the green in Colorado rivers. It's like, oh, this is the original highway. The original highway is the river. So that was a hook for me. It followed the same route that John Wesley Powell took in 1869. But this group's trip, 150 years later, was shaped by major infrastructure like dams and reservoirs, and by increasingly fraught conversations about the difference between water supply and demand in the basin. I've been documenting this drought that's over 20 years for well, for since it started. It's important for me to show the realities of the West. Keycut documented the trip in drawings from the field, which he turned into larger scale paintings later on. But 2019 was a good water year. He returned last year as reservoirs reached record lows. And some of his pieces are now on display at a library in the Roaring Fork Valley, near a major tributary to the Colorado River. His paintings are high up on the walls, so you have to crane your neck to see them, almost like you're in the bottom of a canyon yourself. Dams, reservoirs, and rivers come in shades of warm brown and pale blue. You can almost feel how dry it was just by looking. Christina Medved runs Community Outreach for the Roaring Fork Conservancy, a nonprofit that organized the workshop and worked with the Basalt Regional Library on this show. We still need to be capturing these places both for historical reasons, but also because of what they can do with drawing out the emotions and the beauty. Medved hopes it'll help people connect with water issues that can sometimes be hard to understand. And so does Keycut. He says making art about the river helped him develop a sense of place and grasp what that place means in a larger context. The persistence of water, I think, is is an amazing thing that allows me to think of this planet on a deeper and kind of broader scale than I have before. 
So now, after an extra snowy winter and rainy spring brought lots of water to the Colorado River Basin, Keycut is again thinking about how it's changing and using his pencil and brush to depict the high water marks too. I'm Kaya Williams. In the last month, an advocate for indigenous people who've been targeted by fraudulent sober living facilities says she's helped dozens of displaced victims from tribal communities like the Navajo Nation return home. Chris Clements of KSJD has more. In May, the governor of Arizona announced the state would crack down on these fake sober living homes in coordination with the Navajo Nation government, which launched an effort to return Navajo citizens from the Phoenix area to their homes. Since many of the fraudulent facilities are now shutting down, victims advocates in the Phoenix area have noticed an increase in the number of unsheltered indigenous people who have needed bus fare to return home. Reva Stewart is an advocate and a member of the Navajo Nation. So it's it's nonstop. It really at this point, it's nonstop. We'll be getting calls from people all day long. Stewart also says that the majority of unhoused indigenous people she encounters in downtown Phoenix are White Mountain Apache or Navajo Nation tribal members who are either looking to go back to their communities or find a legitimate rehab facility. I'm Chris Clements. When you think of treatment for psychiatric conditions like anxiety, PTSD, or autism, you might think about traditional talk therapy. But at Smiling Goat Ranch in Carbondale, Colorado, that treatment looks a little different. Clients and their families get to interact not just with recreational therapists, but with a variety of farm animals as part of their treatment. Aspen Public Radio's Caroline Giannis has one family's story. On a quickly warming July morning, Four-year-old Otto Bontempo is riding with a bareback pad on Adobe, a Palomino mare down Willow Lane in Carbondale. Otto was diagnosed with autism when he was 18 months old and is nonverbal. But that's not stopping him from communicating with staff from Smiling Goat Ranch during a therapy session as he rides. Should we go? Go. Okay, all right, Adobe, here we go. Otto uses sign language and other gestures to tell Adobe to stop, turn around, and go. Smiling Goat's owner and director, Cheryl Barto, guides Adobe from her rear. At one point, Otto points to a picture on a communication card, indicating that he'd like to read a book. Recreation therapy intern Caroline Vukovich reads to Otto from Charlie the Ranch Dog, Stuck in the Mud. Wake up, wake up. I race around the ranch house. Get out of bed. It's time to go out to the pasture. From atop Adobe, Otto looks over her shoulder at the pictures. Doing all of this while on horseback helps Otto and other Smiling Goat clients gain a sense of control. So he's, you know, learning and connecting those pathways in the brain and starting to associate those communication with, you know, getting whatever it is that he's wanting and being able to share with us what he wants, which way he wants to go, when he wants to stop, when he wants to read a book, all of those different things. That's Kaylee Martig, Smiling Goat's recreation therapist. She's been working with Otto since he and his family started coming to Smiling Goat in the middle of 2020. Martig says this kind of therapy not only helps with a sense of control, it also has a physiological effect on the brain. When Otto is on Adobe, he's getting constant skin-to-skin contact with the horse, as well as a consistent rocking motion from her canter. 
Marchig says that produces a chemical in the brain called oxytocin, which is a social hormone. It promotes that communication and that human connection, which helps with a lot of goals, lowering stress, as well as that learning, communication, improving mood. And those benefits translate to when Otto isn't riding Adobe. Otto's mom, Katrina Gallant, says she's seen the difference in Otto's life off the horse as well. Especially the stop and go on a bike or just in general, like playing outside. If I say stop, like he needs to understand stop. Like if there's a bear or if there's a car, he understands like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Back in his session, Vukovic and Martig help support Otto as he turns around to sit backwards on Adobe for part of his ride. You got practice you doing yourself? Of course. I won't be able to lift you. <laughs> Otto is riding backwards to work on his core strength. And so we're able to use the horse to really challenge that, where when the horse is moving, he's having to stabilize himself. When the horse stops or starts or turns, he's also using those core muscles to stabilize. Gallant says when he was small, he was a delayed crawler and a delayed walker. She says riding Adobe has helped Otto with his general balance and coordination. He trips and falls less when he walks. And he's been able to start doing other activities. Now fast forward to ski school this past winter. The ski team noticed and they said to us, wow, Otto really has strong core. He has one of the strongest core we've seen. And if he's not in the mood to ride horses, Otto and his older brother, Galileo, get to hang out with any of the other animals at Smiling Goat Ranch. Martig says having a variety of creatures helps them connect with each client as they're comfortable. Mini ponies, for example, can be a great way to lead up to eventually getting on a horse. We also have some people who come and spend their sessions with the goats. All of our goats are trained to walk on leashes, just like dogs, and so we are able to walk and talk with clients. They'll go in there and spend time with them, and they get that same contact through the grooming, through petting, cuddling bunnies. While Galileo takes a turn on Adobe, he and Martig discuss the ghost hunting abilities of Nugget and Cheerio, two of the bunnies at Smiling Goat. Wait, so what color ghost can Nugget see? Um, well, Cheerio can only see white and Nugget could see like all of them. Because oh. Nugget is one more color. That makes sense. Gallant says the fact that Galileo gets to be part of the fun is a huge aspect of what drew her family to Smiling Goat in the first place. She says when Otto was first diagnosed, Galileo felt a little lost in the shuffle because his younger brother was suddenly going to a lot of appointments and had his therapist calling to talk to him. And so I could really see his, you know, taking the back seat in our family. And so Smiling Goat really just allowed him to regain the ropes and push back in to, you know, where he belongs. At Smiling Goat Ranch, Galileo gets to ride Adobe too, and he gets a lot of the same benefits his younger brother does, mainly a boost in confidence. How was that? I kind of got scared that it while she took a step, but yeah, it was, I liked it. <laughs> you are getting so brave on the horses, Galileo. You're like a pro. Look at you, no hands. I was already, I was already a pro by like doing this.
That's true. As soon as you started riding with them, as soon as you started hunting ghosts on a horse. Mm -hmm. The experience of doing therapy as a family and creating social connections has changed the way Otto interacts with everyone in his life, Martig says. When Otto was first coming to us, he didn't really respond to his name. He didn't really have any social interest. He did not make eye contact. He's now very interactive. He waves, he blows kisses, he makes a lot of eye contact. He really interacts with people. I'm Caroline Yanez. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, August 16th. Get your community-powered journalism weekdays on the airwaves at noon and 6 p.m. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.